0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Morning everybody. Morning. Morning Rachel. Thanks for coming from Wales. We love you. Rugby was rubbish, but anyway. Um, in the uh, worship time, I'm sure like you, you were kind of just positioned yourself. One of the things I found about worship, which is so important, is how we position ourselves, whether that's on a Sunday or a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. is Because the reality is we don't need this to worship Jesus. What this does is it helps us to release, like Andrew was saying, more than the sum of our parts. There's something that happens beyond our own influence or beyond our own experience when we worship together. Everybody worships something at the moment. Out there, people are worshipping a sport. They give time to it. They give discipline to it. They give people to it. There's a uniform with that. There's kind of rules with that. And and with our, one of the things that in the worship, just now God was just speaking to me, some things. I'm just going to read out a few scriptures. This isn't the message for today, but it's what God is saying right now. Because I think some of this is going to just witness to you, but also resonate in your heart. And it's going to minister to you. The word of God is alive. There's life in it. There's creativity in it, thinking power in it. First little scripture that God gave me was just from Psalm 3. And it says, to the Lord I cried aloud and he answered me. How amazing is that? Just just think of that just for a few seconds. The, The God that I know, the God that I know many of you know, that has a lot to think about, right? He has a lot that he's involved with. He's created everything. The Bible says that He was at the beginning of creation, everything was created for him, by him, so that he would be at the top. And yet in this moment, in this very second of time, you cry to him and he answers. I think that's extraordinary. And there's something about when we come together, whether it's here on this venue, or whether it's in church, in homes, or whenever, or or small groups, that that as a people of God, when we open up our hearts, God hears in spite of the noise. There's something about that. The other uh, psalm that just was running around my heart was Psalm 16, the first few verses. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. And that speaks to me about choice. It doesn't speak to me about, I live in a world that's trouble-free. As she speaks to me about, in this world of trouble, I can take refuge within it. And so can you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. And I love this. There's a bit of a challenge in this, and I was kind of working through it, and I almost said, yeah, am I am either Lord of everything or just the Lord of something? Because there's safety when we give all of our lives to him, and make him my Lord. And so I was working through a whole list thing. Okay, I know that you're Lord of this, I know you're Lord of that. And he said, but what about this? What about that? This is all happening in seconds. How many of you know that when you're in the presence of the Lord, a second can be like a really long time? <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? A day is like a thousand years, right? Which means one hour is like 40 years. Because I worked that out. Which means just being here in a morning for 90 minutes, we have the potential to change a generation after us. I'll say that one again. If a day is like a thousand years, one hour is like 40 years, which means within the 90 minutes of just being from here from 10, just in the presence of the Lord, just giving our hearts, crying out to the Lord if that's what we need to do, praising Him if that's what we want to do, just being with God stops time and allows God to do something beyond time. That's extraordinary. Do I understand it? No, but I know it's true because the Bible says it's true. I said to my Lord, you're my my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. How many of you know that's true? I I tell you, I'm reminded of that more often than I want to be. But as for the saints who are in the land, do you live in the land? It might be called Worthing or Storrington or Lansing or wherever it is that you're from, Durrington. It's the land, right? You don't live in space. I mean, even Wales is in the land, right? Come on then, I tell you. So we live in a land. It's what's under your feet. So we qualify. And what the Lord says is, as for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones. That's got to cheer you up on a Monday morning, Surely. When you get out of bed at sleepy o'clock and you break the spirit of duvet over your life and lift up the spirit of of God and just just be with God, immediately God says, you're one of the glorious ones. I think that's pretty cool. They are the glorious ones in whom I delight. And then the last... I'm not going to share all of this because it's too much. But the last moments as we were just in the Prince of Lord and just singing, you know, your name is above every name. And, you know, so many times we can sing that without realising the importance of that. Because I know from all kinds of times and praying and stuff that you've told me as we've been chatting, stuff that God's told me that I've been chatting with him, we're all going through stuff. Put your hands up if you're not going through stuff and we'll swap places immediately. But we're all going through stuff. And God doesn't cause the stuff to happen, but he does cause his greatness to carry us through it. He doesn't make rubbish happen, but he does make sure that in the rubbish we shine. He doesn't make issues happen. He just has an issue with us in the issue. So Psalm 18, you can... Say, take it and have it as a bit of homework. I love you, O Lord, my strength. I just want to talk about that one word in there called my. How many of you know Psalm 23 says the Lord is, yeah, just not the Lord is a shepherd. There is something that God wants to remind you and me about, your household, your work colleagues, your family, that they can have a my encounter with the shepherd. They can have a my understanding of the Lord. They can have a my encounter with the one who heals them. And I think that's a precious time, don't you? Thanks, Viv. Me and Viv, we think it's a precious time. So have a read through Psalm 18 when you've got the time. It, it, It talks about this tremendous intimacy that God's been calling us into for many weeks now. But also... What that looks like in terms of how you live in your world. That not only does the Lord answer us, but he also uses us to answer someone else. And as we were hearing at the prayer meeting, it came out a little bit in the worship, is I think God is saying to you and to me, we cannot just say, God, I want the church building to move because I can see you here. God, I don't just want loads of angels to come and visit my door because then I know you're here. The Lord is saying, I'm here, get on with it. And the get on with it is we cannot and I cannot, and you cannot, and we cannot then say, here I am, Lord, please send somebody else. But you're a participator in this move of God. We are in the move of God. It's amazing. I mean, again, I've heard lots of stories of what's going on in our lives and challenges and there's all kinds of stuff happening. It's my conviction. It's our conviction that the reason why a lot of this is happening is because God is happening. The reason why there's a lot of things going on around our lives, not just us here, but around a lot of churches at the moment, is because God is moving. Now, if you know that there's someone out there that doesn't want God to move, he can't do anything about it, but he can try and encourage us to take our focus of it. So I'm going to be sharing some stuff which Clive and myself and Simon and some of the other guys from the congregations, they, we've been praying it and this for weeks. Weeks, but this is the first Sunday in February. I just thought I'd tell you that in case you forgot forgotten what day it was. I was chatting with somebody the other day and they, they were three days out. Uh, I was talking to them, it was Wednesday, they thought it was Friday. I said to you at the weekend and they said to you tomorrow. And it was Wednesday. Okay, dear Lord, please have mercy on them. I don't know what their week's like, but that's just crazy, right? But here's here's the thought. I'm just going to chuck out some stuff that God has been speaking to us, to me, about over the last few weeks out of the prayer and fasting. How many of you kind of got involved in some way with the prayer and fasting? It might have been the devotionals or just you, you kind of set some time aside for you and the Lord a little bit more or you came to some of the encounters. The encounter we had here in that middle Wednesday was... Extraordinary, extraordinary. One moment we were kind of in half the building, next moment we were looking over the whole city. One moment we were just kind of singing about Jesus, next minute Jesus was singing about us, which is powerful. One minute we were just kind of chatting, next minute we heard God chatting. Uh, And uh, you know, is our intention, to have encounters here regularly going forward. So we're gonna keep you updated with that. So, and then obviously we have the half nights of prayer on the Fridays, which were also just incredible times of just being together, hearing what God is saying above the circumstances, hearing what God is uh, saying above the facts, which is always good, right? So that we pray from his perspective, not from ours. And even though we sometimes start from ours, Well certainly I do, God very quickly takes us up to his perspective and then suddenly things change. We're not praying prayers, we're releasing answers. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We're not just communicating about the issue, but we're seeing the issue move. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes when there's mountains that appear in our life, we can we can have a conversation with the mountain and the mountain will have a conversation back with us, but it never moves. And sometimes you just gotta gird up your loins. Good old word that. Gird up your loins and speak to the mountain, knowing that God's gonna move it for you. So here's this kind of dialogue. There's a there's a today is a bit of a cultural shift for Kingdom Faith Church as a whole. This is why I wanted to bring this message. In Horsham, they've got a video version. In Burgess Hill, they've got a live one. In Crawley, they've got a video version. This is a turning point moment, and for some of you, it's going to be, ah, oh, I get it now. For some of you, it'll be like, I need to talk more about that. For some of you, it'll be like, I just don't get it at all. Just go with it, okay? Just go with it. Just flow flow with me for a minute. We've got a while. Last week, um, January the 24th, was a bit of an anniversary. It's a bit of a strange anniversary, maybe. For for some of you, it might be, what's it's got to do with me. But Janet and I and our family moved to the Bible school 30 years ago for 10 weeks. I put that in so you hear. Because in that 10 weeks and since that 10 weeks, God has been on a journey of changing us. And some of that's been easy, some of it's not been so easy. But 10 weeks was our agreement. And then suddenly God kind of chucked a bit of a, Pebble in the thing, and we're still here. Now, in the setting of the Bible School, which obviously we ran up until a couple of years ago, when I was sharing my story about that, uh, I used to get them to laugh at me because I would say, you know, I'm a really slow learner, which is why I'm still in the college, right? I've been here for th- 28 years. But the reason why I said that is because one of the things I've learned, and maybe some of you have learned, is that as a Christian, I want to keep teachable. That was the point of saying that kind of phrase, a little thing that just came out. It was like, you know, I'm a slow learner, but I'm still a learner. And I just believe as a church, as people, we've all got different experiences of God, of church, of whatever, but we need to keep teachable. We need to keep that attitude of teach me your way, O Lord, that I will know you. Do you remember that? Teach me your way, O oh Lord, that I would know you. Not teach me your way so I know what's happening or teach me your way so I know the direction or teach me your way so I know more about me. But no, teach me your way so I know more about you. Because I believe that when we know God, we know where we're going. Even if we don't know where we're going. Is that all right? So over these uh, 21 days, over, over January, for all of us, we... Like the guys out playing football, we probably had a time, we had a place, we had a people, we had a purpose, and we had an outcome. We just did different things. Uh, I was spending a bit more time in the night just praying, just listening, just writing stuff down, uh, which I don't always do. Um, Obviously, came to encounters, but I was kind of there during the day and in the evening, so for me, the encounter was public for two hours, but private for 12, if if that makes sense. And for these 30 years that I've been around and Janet and our family have been around and then their families have been around, as a church, we have put a huge amount of uh, emphasis, isn't the right word, but we've really valued and continue to value the whole dynamic of seeking the Lord. It's not because he's lost, it's because we are. God knows where he is and he knows what he's doing. Uh, In this scripture, Uh, Luke 19, which Holly is now going to put up on the screen. Um, Luke 19, verse 10, or or somebody is. This is a really, really important little verse that's going to appear. Boom, Luke 19, verse 10. While they're finding it, it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. And I just want to remind us of this truth, is that when we've been seeking the Lord, giving our hearts, giving our time, giving place, stopping eating, stopping doing this and that other. It's not so we find someone who's lost because Jesus isn't lost. It's actually helping us reconnect with him finding us in a fresh way. Because I know when I gave my life to Jesus, uh, I never found Jesus, he found me. And that will be true for you because when you're lost, you're lost, right? You don't know what to do or where you're going. So in these 30 years of seeking the Lord, it's not been because God's been lost somewhere and he's been playing hide and seek. It's because there is a passion within our heart to see God be everything that we know he is. There is a desire to see God do everything that we know he can do. There is a desire to see the glory of God, his goodness, his best, part, the fat portion of God, his creativity, his his, his salvation, we want to see that as a reality so it's, it's more than just a concept, we touch it and feel it and move in it. Does that make some sense? So it's not seeking the Lord because we don't know where he is, it's seeking the Lord because we do know where he is and we want to be where he is. However, there's a challenge that God is releasing, and this is a challenge for us, and it's going to change some things. It's also going to clarify some things in what we're doing going forward. Because in this prayer of fasting, God said this simple verse that has a profound effect. In the same way, or with the same heart, with the same passion that you've been seeking him, now seek the lost too. I'll say that one again, because it's going to take a while to drop through us because we're all coming out of a culture generally where we understand that seeking the Lord is important, and it is. But what I've realised is the closer to God's heart you get and when you find it, you also get a fresh heart for those who don't know him. In fact, I would say that it's impossible to really touch the heart of God in a real way without him touching ours for those who don't know him. And I know that's true for God so loved the world that he gave his son. So here's a challenge for us. Here's a slight refocus for us as a people is that God has been saying with that same heart, same passion, same energy, you've set aside time, you've done encounters, you've set aside Fridays, you've done prayer, you've set aside devotions, you've done devotions, you've stopped eating. With the same passion, now seek the lost because they cannot find Jesus Jesus needs to find them. And I'm not talking about let's organise loads of outreach. Coincidentally, we are doing that as part of this, but not instead of this. Here's a phrase which most people, when I say it, to be honest, don't like it. I'm going to say it anyway. It'll give an opportunity to love me. but write it down or put it somewhere where your first response isn't just your thought response, but you can write it down and then process it. It's this phrase. You do not know anyone who doesn't need to know more about Jesus. I'll say that one again. You don't know anyone. You don't know anyone who doesn't need to know more about Jesus, including the people around your table. This is a phrase that I've grappled with God with for for months. And I suddenly came to the reality that whoever is in front of me, they need to know more about Jesus. Whether they already do or they already don't. (laughs) All right, so don't just respond right now with, well, I don't know whether I agree with that or not. I'm not asking you to agree with that or not. I'm asking you to take it away, have a think through it, have a pray through it and see what God says to you about it. But here's a reality. We don't know anyone <coughs> that doesn't need to know more about Jesus. If they're a believer, let's build them up in their faith. If they don't know God, let's build them up to faith. If they already know Jesus, let's love on them, honour them, encourage them as Scripture says. But If they don't know Jesus, let's love them too. If we don't kind of settle this kind of paradigm, it's a, it's a state of mind, then we'll be very selective with how we share God's life. Then in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 33 again, I know with something like Kai's um, small group, they've just started to look at Corinthians, which is kind of cool, very coincidental. I was chatting with, uh, with some people during the week and I just said to look, felt lost saying, just, Read the book of 1 Corinthians, not knowing that you were going to start doing it and not knowing that this is going to be here today. It's like, okay, God, what are you saying? 1 Corinthians 10 verse 33 speaks about seeking the good of others so that they may be saved. In other words, when we're seeking the lost, and anybody that doesn't know Jesus is lost, as far as the Bible is concerned, It's got some really strong other words about that, but we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on about how do we connect with those that don't know Jesus. But there's something very determined about seeking. It's not just a whim. It's not just one idea that I'll have this week and maybe it changes next week. It is a paradigm. It's just a way of thinking. That word seek means... We're looking for people to help rescue them, retrieve them, and see God restore them to himself. Now, what I'm not saying is, let's get all of this sorted out this morning. What I'm saying is, as a church, as a whole group, as a whole family, there's going to be a whole lot more energy, passion on seeking the lost. Not instead of seeking the Lord, as well as. Because they're both of equal importance. So here's some words that God's kind of dropped into our lives as a, as a church, and you're part of the church. You're here, you're part of the church, you're, you're praying, you're here, you're giving in all kinds of different ways. But kingdom faith is a house of healing and salvation. That came from the Lord during the January 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now that, when God says things like that, we can look at that in several ways. One is, well, that's all right for you. But no, that's all right for us. We are the house. You, you are the, the church. See, I don't know what you're thinking is like on a Sunday, but I don't go to church on a Sunday. I am the church on the Sunday. I don't go to a Sunday service. I am the service. Now, I don't know whether you're thinking it is that or that it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is, is God wants us to have a bit of a think and a pray through about this. How are we seeking the lost? How are we how are we living in a level of reality where it doesn't matter who we're with, we want to experience we want to express faith and love to them that we have in God. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's in the workplace. Whether it's in the school place, the college place, marketplace, doesn't matter. Is that somehow God has graced you and graced me, which basically means He's enabling us to do what we know we should do, but we don't want to, so that we can do it with God's help. So, what is the house of healing? Well, it's a people. You're a people. Just check your pulse. You're a person. And more than one person is people. We are a people, therefore who know how to operate in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means you ask, you receive, and you go. If you've received the Holy Spirit, then you ask, you receive, and you go. You're a spiritual person. Just look the people around your table and say, you are a spiritual person. Here's, here's the challenge where I think God's grace is really, really profound is that when God sees you, he wants your home to become a house of healing and salvation. The only reason why it isn't, could be, is because we don't see it like that. Not because it's not possible. Do you understand that? So God's potential is in your home because you're in the home. God's potential is in your workplace because you're in the workplace. God's potential is in your environment because you are in your environment. You don't change the environment for God to work. You allow God to change you so that He works everywhere. Uh, I've lost count. I mean, some of these guys that have been around me a long time, I- I've seen, by the grace of God, hundreds and thousands of people come to a saving uh, uh, salvation with Jesus. Very, very rarely has it been on a Sunday morning where you've got a big band, big music, big God because that's just not how God works all the time. In fact, I would suggest He works very rarely like that. When was the last time here on a Sunday we led someone to Jesus? So let's not box God into our experience. We are the church. We don't go to church. We wake up as the church. We pray as the church. We worship as the church. We witness as the church. We go out and we come in as the church. And there's a tremendous strength in that because we know there's something corporate that goes on. And then there's a community. Of course, we want to see God healing far more people here on a Sunday than he is. But guess what? We need to bring them. Let's bring them. And this is the challenge, right? So when we we come with this phrase of let's seek the lost like we seek the Lord, it just messes with our head. But it should, because God wants something fresh. There's this parable that um, I know Pastor Clive had it and he shared with us a couple of weeks ago. I'm just going to unpack it a little bit. And we all know the parable. uh, And Actually, I don't want to focus so much on the parable, but some of the people in the parable, Luke 14, 1 to 14, it's it's the whole story of the great banquet and then uh, the widow and the coins and all this kind of thing. Uh, and Pastor Clive just shared this, this kind of revelation that he had. And I listened to that and thought, it's not really what God's saying to me, but I'm going to pray about that. At the beginning, you find that there was a, just before the great banquet parable, let's just have a look there, Luke 14. Um, we see that Jesus is at the house of a Pharisee. Unusual setting. I think God wants to do unusual things in unusual settings, personally. It was in a house though, say house. This wasn't a Sunday morning, this was a house. All right. And in this house was someone that had dropsy. Do you know what dropsy is? New word for it is oedema. It's when your heart swells up, carries fluid, it affects all of your body. Does it say dropsy? Uh, it says dropsy on about verse 2. what verse 2, what does it say? There we go. Now, this is very obvious. When, when you're suffering with this condition, it's really obvious. Everything is swollen, puffed up. Your legs, your arms, your chest, your face. And where Pastor Clyde came with this was that he saw this miracle in the house as part of a whole release of miracles in the house, which is great. But I'm gonna share my revelation on this, which is interesting. I think this is a picture of the church. It's looked big, it's looked whatever, but the heart of it hasn't quite been operating properly. So God healed the heart instantly and then the body was healed instantly. Because there is no natural cure for this condition, I understand. There wasn't then and there isn't now. And I just believe in my heart, this is me, I'm grappling with this, I'm not asking you to grapple with this, is that God has been doing a heart work on our lives for these last few weeks so that we're losing all of the excess around our body, all the stuff that actually doesn't help us to function very well or operate very well. And then it goes into this banquet parable, which in essence is this. Just gonna put out a couple of words. What I love about this is that servants were mobilized to do the inviting. It wasn't the master, it was the servants. So here's my thought on this. I believe for all of us, God wants us to know that we're servants of God. We don't serve our jobs, we don't serve our futures, we don't serve what's going on in our bodies. We don't even serve our spouses if we got one or about to get one. (laughs) But we serve the Lord. It's his house. And there are certain things within his house which we serve. His glory, his goodness, the way he loves people, the way he speaks to people, the way he interacts with people. We want to serve like he serves the house. So in the same way as, you know, I went up and a cry came up from my heart and the Lord heard it, is that when I hear a cry, I want to say, can I help you? Can I pray with you? Is there anything I can do for you? When there's someone in distress in the house, it's not, oh, well, I'm going to pray for you. It's like, I might need to go and do something. Is that So we are that house. We are the servants. We're the ones who are serving by leading a small group. Is a tremendous act of service. We've already acknowledged Sharon, tremendous servant out there. And all of you, in all of your different worlds, you're all serving something. But I just believe God wants us to clarify who we're serving, not what we're serving. Do you understand what I mean by that? that I I haven't had a job for 30 years. I serve the Lord and he's given me something to do. Now, I'm not saying you need to see it like that. I'm just sharing what's going on behind the eyes here. Is that I serve the house without getting a job. So whatever house you've got, man, I want to encourage you to serve the Lord in it, to serve the healer, to serve the saviour, to serve the provider. How do you do that? Through thanksgiving, through worship and through prayer. To serve the one that delivers. Because who we serve in our house is the house that people come into. So here we have this parable. Servants said, we've already been out and asked the people that should be here. The sons and the daughters, we've asked them. People in the household, we've asked them. But because we know that you want the house full, we know it's not enough. And I believe there's something within the heart of God which we're all kind of picking up, which is, man, we want our homes to be full. However big they are, pile them up, stack them up, put them up the stairs, put them out. Of the, it's, it's God's heart that it's full of Him and full of people to experience Him. Whether you live in a little maisonette or whether you live in a mansion, is God wants us to fill it with Himself. So here's another little bit of a challenge. It certainly was a bit of a challenge for me. It might be for you. So God said, "If I have your heart, I have your home." flip. If I have your heart, I have your home. Now, I know everybody here, God's got your heart. So this is not about, has he got your home? This is for you to go and have a prayer about, what's he doing in my home? What am I expecting him to do in my home? What am I believing him to do in my home? Because God is exactly the same right now as he is when you're at home. He's no different. It's no different at all. And then we have this whole dialogue of, you know, they went out to, you know, the streets and the country lanes and this and kind of the other and people, and they had to drag people in. And it might feel like we're dragging people into our home. We're dragging people into our Sundays. But I'll sooner drag them here than the enemy drags them to hell. Sounds a bit harsh, but it's true. I was sooner that I that I put myself on the spot a little bit And help someone make a decision about their eternity than just not. Mm -hmm. Again, this is a paradigm shift, and I accept that we're going to have to take this away and pray it through a little bit. For God wants to break out the break in. And I don't know about you, but man, I've. Over these weeks, God has just been churning and doing stuff and things have been going on around my life and around my world and around our world. And in all of it, God has been saying, let me break out, let me break out, let me break out, let me break out. What I've been thinking, God, break in. He said, I've broken in, now let me break out. Maybe that's just me. Maybe you're much more down the journey than I am. It's a bit like, no, God, just break out. Just come out, just be released. Don't keep pouring stuff in. I'll get fat and blobby. I look like Mr. Blobby. And we all will. Metaphorically, if not literally, we all look like Mr. Blobby. My God is saying, yeah, springs of living water will stop in you, is not what he says. There's flow out of you. Because in the book of Acts, and we we had a little journey through some of the book of Acts this morning, in the first church, in the early church, the book of Acts church, you want, yeah, we want to be like that one. Open up your home, then. Bring your home every day. Worship in your home every day. Break bread in your home every day. Invite people to your home every day. Don't keep saying we need to be like the early church and then not do something about it. Come on. Because in the early church, they didn't they didn't have a building. They were the building. Peter says that, you are the building. They didn't have an altar call for people that needed healing. They were the people that moved in healing. They didn't have a cross to come to where you could give your life to Jesus. They lived the cross. Come on. There's a belonging, community, family was central there. But they didn't have a building, they were the building. And as I said at the beginning, they didn't go to church, they were the church. So this is why as a church, and again, just be very clear on this, our whole strategic move into the harvest is twice a month we meet in this venue. Why? To get built up, to worship God, to meet with God, to hear what God's saying, to be together, to break bread together. But the other two weeks we're still at church, just might have a different address. So if you're not already involved or get what Church in a Home is all about, this is what it's all about. Is we don't go to Church in a Home, we are Church in a Home. It's just that on the card, it doesn't say I'll oh, come to the Exhibition Hall this week, it's come to my house this week or I'll come to your house this week. Because that's where God it, wants to move. He's not, God is not moving nationally just around Sundays anymore. Most of the prophetic people we're in touch with, their stories that they're getting are, God's doing this out on the street or he's doing that in in the school or he's doing that in a supermarket. Cool, come on, Jesus, I wanna see that too. So here's another little thought for our paradigm. I know there's a lot in here, apologies for that. For some of you, this will be a bit of a rewind, but one of the things which I think God also has been impressing upon me and upon us is specific Prayers get specific answers, which is why we rolled the whole book, uh, Win The One bookmark out, is I encourage you this week, take God seriously in the right sense of that word and begin to pray with a bit of energy, a bit of passion. Give a bit of time, bit of space, a bit of yourself and pray for the Win The One. Yeah, this week, I'm believing this person is gonna take a step closer to salvation. I believe that this person, and name them, is going to experience God in some real way. Name them. It's, I believe this person, I'm going to ring them up. I'm going to go and visit them if I can. Be specific about the prayer, because you'll get specific answers. I remember when I was first involved in kind of ministering out and about. <laughs> I wanted to see God do the same kind of healing things that I know he's done in my life. It wasn't just, oh, God, please heal today. And Lord said, well, how? What do you want that to look like? I so, thought, God, I'd love to see some spinal injuries sorted out and kind of lumbago sorted out and stuff like that. And he said, well, just ask me then. Okay. I thought, well, okay, I'll just do what he says. And then suddenly you begin to see some of that. And it's quite encouraging, right? We were clearing out the loft at Roffy. roffey was one of our big buildings. We've emptied it now. And up in the loft were... 12 pairs of crutches that didn't belong to anybody that needed them anymore. They all they all walked or hit, limped or came to a meeting with those and none of them took them home. And as I picked those up, this is just me, me, right? As I picked those up, the Lord said to me, what's changed? I was just picking up this crutch, you know, he's... Things, loads of them. And I can remember most of the times where I was where I saw that happen. And I picked it up and I said, What's changed? And I said, Well, you haven't. I said, No, but you have. Ooh, it's a bit of a challenge for me. It's like, oh, okay. So to summarize, because it, there's a lot here, right? But please hear my heart. I'm not having a moan or a groan at anybody. I'm just helping us in our thinking. And that takes a bit of time, all right, because like me, sometimes we just got to take our time to think through it, pray through it, process it. But here's some practicalities. When we go back to our homes, and we've all got one, thankfully. I mean, Terry will tell you about people that haven't, all right, but we've all got somewhere. But part of their home is him. Actually, because he cares for them, loves them, provides for them like you do in a home. So, Terry, you're doing a great job, mate. And not everybody's got a physical home. But here's some thoughts. Next Sunday is church in the home. It's part of our church gathering. It's part of our harvesting time. It's part of our salvation time. It's part of our worship and meet with Jesus time. Exactly the same as today has been. Who are we going to ask? Or where are we going to go? Don't don't think that you have to be on your own. Please don't do that. Speak to your small group leader, email us at info at and we'll help you find somewhere. Please don't think that you're on your own or have to be. Because that's the first thing is, sh- should I host a church in home next week? Can I just invite a few people around and we can have a bit of breakfast? Last Sunday we did that. We had a phenomenal time. What a great time. Got to spend more time with people chatting than I normally do. We had a wonderful time in the worship service, so much so that we had to pause the stream for God was moving. It's like, just shut that up a minute in the best possible way. It was a good message, right? We're just going to hold that because God's doing something. And God did something, and then we started it again. That's one of the joys of Tinterweb, it's a pausing thing. But there was life there. There was the moving of God there. There was relationship there. We broke bread together. We shared life together. Man, I, I pray that every Sunday morning, whether it's here or in your home, is like that. Is like that. It'd be awesome. So pray about yeah. I could I could host a church in a home this Sunday, next Sunday. Let us know. I could go to one, but I don't know where to go. Let us know. We'll help get you plugged in because we can help you with that. The other thing is, who am I praying? Well, I mentioned this already. Who is it that I'm specifically praying for this week, and who am I going to share my faith with this week? Let's deliberately drop ourselves in it a little bit because I'll check it up. When we meet up again, I'll ask you or I'll get you small groups during the week to ask. Rather than just meeting up and doing that, which is cool, your small group is your church. It's not something you go to, it's something you are, whatever that small group is. And we've got some phenomenal small groups. If you're not in one, get involved with one. And then the last thing I just want to mention in all of this, in all of our journey, and, and Lord, teach me your way, and Lord, I want to be more available. We want to invest in you as a person, whether you've known God for a long time or whether you've known God for a short time. We have a whole um, strategy of helping, helping you get the best of God out of you, if I can put it that way. And we, one of the things that we do is the Freedom Course. We, we haven't been out around it in the last two years for reasons that you'll know. But we want to revive that and restart that in a couple of weeks' time. It is a massive investment of time in the Word. Why is that? Because it's the truth that sets you free. It's not the truth of what we know, it's the truth of who God is. And that's over 12 weeks. Then there's there's an encounter, which is a Friday and a Saturday, end of that, which is a, a powerful time. It's a move of God moment. But it sets us up then to start Alpha courses, start First Step groups, start new ministries. My heart, our heart as a leadership is here within Worthing. I keep getting asked, do you do this? Do you do that? Do you run this? Do you do that? And I've I've not been able to say yes to most of those. It's been, well, I'd like to, I'd like to, but I'll pray for you. And it's fine because other people are actually doing a better job than we would. But there are things within our hearts collectively that I know God is saying, that we could do already. But the first thing is how we see our homes, how we see them as a place of God to move. So if you want to talk, find out a little bit more freedom, they're done in, in gender specific groups, male, female. If you want to talk about more about those as we close in a few moments, then go to the info point and we can chat about what does that look like. But there will be an evening group maybe two groups, and there'll certainly be a daytime group, maybe two groups too. So um, is that okay? Can we all stand up? I'm just, in one sense, it feels like it's been a bit of a splurge, for which I apologise. I trust that the Lord was in it. Um, But we kind of sang at the beginning of service during the worship, there was this little rephrase about send me. You know, obviously, God knows what he's doing. He knew what he wanted to say on the back of that. Um, let's just close our eyes for a minute. Father, I want to thank you that you want to help us to maybe reposition ourselves a little bit, maybe rethink a little bit, uh, rebelieve in a different kind of way, refocus in a different kind of way that as a people, I know we're a people who are hungry for God and I thank you for that. And I pray that you will give us the grace to also be hungry for those who don't yet know God. Because I know that out in that realm, out in that scary place is where the greater miracles are. I know that's where the extraordinary healings are. I know that's where the significant salvations are. Not that one is more than others, but in terms of people that get saved, and their households that get saved, and their workplaces that get saved, and their schools that get saved. So Holy Spirit, I pray for every one of us here, and those listening on the tape afterwards, on the recording afterwards, that Lord, you you help us pray through these things, about seeking the lost, about going out into the alleys and the byways, about serving the house, about opening up our homes with a new expectation of what you can do. And I thank you for the excitement of this new season, that we're all involved somehow, that we can all contribute in some way, that we all have a part to play, no one else can play it for us. So I thank you for every household here, every home here, every person here, every family here, That you continue today to pour out your amazing grace, your amazing love. We want to see our region touched for Jesus. We want to see people saved and healed. I know we all want it in the room, but I also know that we've got a part to play in that. So I thank you for the grace to do that. Thank you, Jesus.